And here we go. Um, it was truly a masterpiece. I don't know about all that. Ugh, absolutely the worst movie ever. Hands down, bar none, the greatest action spectacular ever. Well, uh, the other one just stuck him up. Are you asking me? I promise I'm not going to sing this time around. Welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender, and with me as always is Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film, past or present, absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other, don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Hey, Justin. How's it going? I am fabulous. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty funny guy. <laughs> People How laugh. Their sides hurt, you know. <laughs> I laugh because I feel bad sometimes, so I just no, laugh. No, you laugh at everything. You're a good audience. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm an okay audience. <laughs> I mean, if, if I ever do an open mic, I'm totally inviting you because you'll get <laughs> you'll, you'll uh, spread the love. I'm going to be the one guy that's there. I'm going to go, ha-ha! <laughs> just laugh at yeah. everything. <laughs> there, uh, there was this article I was reading about how guys tweet, or not tweet, um, but they'll text back, uh, ha-ha. In their text, selling so like LOL, they'll do like H A H A, and I started reading it out loud just because that's what I do to annoy Alex. And I was doing um, ha ha like ha ha. <laughs> 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 no matter how it was presented in the article, I would just say ha ha, and it, uh-huh. was, <laughs> it was so stupid. Anyway, so that's, that's a fun way of saying it now. Even when I type it, I go ha 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 ha. Um. Well, I'm excited to talk uh, about today's episode. Uh, what, movie, what movie are we doing? We are going to do Hot Fuzz, directed by Edgar Wright. Yeah. Written by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. This is film number two in the Cornetto trilogy of theirs. Uh, that would be Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and At World's End. Um, real quick, I watched a movie this week that I can recommend. It was a Shia LaBeouf film, Honey Boy. Uh, very, very cool a cathartic film for Shia LaBeouf uh, based off of his real life. It is on Amazon Prime Video, just for your viewing pleasure. So, Does it talk about why he picks on Frankie Nunez for weird reasons? Frankie Nunez? Who's that? Malcolm, oh, Malcolm in the, the Middle? middle. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I didn't even know he did that. Yeah, he had like weird feuds. Like They both auditioned for the role, and um, Frankie Nunez got it. And then every now and again, he just like says weird shit <laughs> to him. <laughs> Oh no, strange. He's a very he's a very interesting guy and he suffers from PTSD, so that it explains a decent amount about him. But the movie's good. I liked it. So yeah. He but, does? Uh yeah. From what? Uh his traumatic like upbringing and his dad is kind of piece well, he was a piece of shit, so you have to kind of see it. Uh I don't want to spoil it, but but anyways, hot fuzz is better. Unless you did you see anything this week? Um, <laughs> you start up. You this. <laughs> I watched. Uh, I watched Conan with Conan Momoa, and it was pretty good. <laughs> Conan Momoa. <laughs> oh, you that know, one. <laughs> that old chestnut. Call Drago. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I really like um, the the thing about Conan. When we were just talking about this, I think last week when we were talking about Pan's Labyrinth, and just uh, I'm a sucker for fantasy, and. There's something about just the, the ruthlessness that is the Conan universe and Hyboria and um, even the Conan the Barbarian and the Destroyer and even Red Sonja for that matter. I just really like the the set pieces and like the armor and the weapons and stuff. And so 
it's easy for me to get sucked into those worlds and it's like a guilty pleasure. Like the movie could be the worst thing ever put on film, but I will find a way to enjoy it. <laughs> that's, just, that's just who I am. Uh, yeah. So that was good. I had seen it before when it came out. It made like $8 and that was, that was my $8. Actually, I think it was 13 cause it was in 3d. You had to watch it in the 3d. And, I didn't know uh, that. Oh. Well, you didn't have to, but I like to go to the first show on a Sunday morning and because there's no one there. Mm-hmm. And and the first show was 3D and I didn't realize that, but I was already there. So I was like, fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> give, me the, give me the GD glasses. I'll make this work. Um, but it was fun. It's a romp, as it were. Romp. <laughs> cool. Right on. Um, hot fuzz. We'll get back to that. Uh, was stars Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Patty Considine, Rafe Spall, Olivia Coleman, Jim Broadbent, and Timothy Dalton. Uh, there's also a bunch of side um, cameos from various like Martin Freeman and various uh, great British actors. So, uh, how are the reviews for this movie, Justin? They are pretty good. <laughs> it's a good movie. You should go see it. I don't do what people tell me to do. If they say it's a good movie, I don't do it. So Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> you have to go see it. Ooh. You'll love it. <laughs> Two thumbs way, way up. <laughs> Ugh, I hate it. Don't tell me what to do. All I want to do is read these reviews. Uh, let's see. We have uh, Jade Badowski from Decider. Wright understands how to perfectly balance action, comedy, drama, and suspense, and it pays off. That's fair. Totally. I always think the violence is just uh, so insane. (laughs) It's pretty gnarly. (laughs) Like when the statue falls on Tim Messenger, that was disgusting. Yeah, (laughs) I, I I remember laughing so goddamn hard in the theater when that happened. It just totally caught me off guard. Oh, stupid. <laughs> so he's like all walking around like, hey, I'm a little robot. Look at me. And it was so stupid. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. Uh, anywho, uh, Mr. Austin Kennedy from Film Geek Central says it's a perfect spoof of the once popular action genre that's highlighted by the chemistry of Peg and Frost. I agree. I agree, too. I don't know about once popular. It's still is people love a good action movie mm-hmm. i mean it, bad boys three just came out the other day i don't think that did very well but yeah you're right they still it, made it uh, a sequel to the sequel yeah oh and you know interestingly enough we were talking about at least i was how the rock was one of those movies that sort of set the stage for me for action spectaculars mm-hmm. and uh bad boys came out a year before that and that's michael bay and that's that's totally like you can see it like with the the quick cuts and the helicopter shots and all that stuff so i think the rock might uh sort of edge out i'm sorry bad boys might sort of edge out the rock when it comes to what it means to be a kick-ass action movie (laughs) well Totally. And in, in this movie, Edgar Wright uses a lot of those tropes, especially from Bad Boys to like a slow-mo um, pan around the heroes, you know, and then as they're looking up and a helicopter goes by, there's he uses a lot of the same stuff in it to kind of make fun of it. It's it's almost satirical in a certain sense. But right. Yeah. Well, and it's also Nick Frost's like favorite movie 
Point Break and and Ben Boys too. <laughs> so there's a lot of that in there, and that's great. I love it. I, I absorb it all. Me too. Uh, I I don't see any negative reviews on my screen for this movie. I didn't really know anybody who didn't like it per se. I I mean, obviously there are people out there probably who don't like it, but yeah, I can't think of anybody that I know that doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's fine. We can skip that then. Uh, Do you have have that budget in front of you? I don't. Hold on. Should be on the document. Uh, Yeah, sure. A budget of $8 million estimated. Uh, Opening weekend, $5.8 million. And that was on April 22nd, 2007. Uh, it grossed $23.6 million here in the U.S. with a worldwide gross of $80.7 million. Not too bad. They made it for a pretty small budget. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Spent all their money on bullets. So many bullets. Uh, so Nick Frost only agreed to do the film if he could get to name his character. He was also asked to watch over 20 action films to warm up for the role. He only watched one, Bad Boys 2. So that's why that made it in there. Uh, as this is the second part of the Cornetto trilogy, the blue wrapper makes its appearance in the film. Nick and Danny are seen eating vanilla, vanilla flavor ice cream. According to Edgar Wright, blue represents the police, which is the main motif in the film. For Wright's other films, Shaun of the Dead, it was red and strawberry flavor, representing blood and zombies. While the fi- final part, The World's End, uh, it was green and peppermint with chip, representing science fiction and extraterrestrial elements. Huh. The more you know. <laughs> right. If I had to rank those three, I would probably say Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, then uh, At World's End. Yeah. The World's End or whatever. The World's yeah. End, yeah. I agree. Uh, I only saw The World's End once. I thought it was kind of funny. I was over it, though. And Shaun of the Dead is funny, but it's not as funny as Hot Fuzz. In my most humble opinion. Uh, And then finally, while doing research for the film, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg discovered that a disproportionate number of police officers were named either Nick or Andy, which led uh, to the character names of Nicholas Angel and the two Andys. The Angel part of Nicholas Angel was named after the film's music director, and the joke where the local paper misspelled Angel's name as Angle was based on several incidents where this happened to him. Ooh, and then one more. Uh, In all the Cornetto trilogy... There's always the same gag about the, them running through and over a fence. That was probably one of the funniest parts of the movie. Oh, my God. That was in the trailer. <laughs> I know. But I still laugh every single time that Nick Frost, like, because he has this boyish kind of like excitement on his face. And then he just tumbles right into it. It's so funny. <laughs> and then he gets up and then he runs and then he like falls over the next one. Yeah, that's pretty good. Physical comedy is tough, dude. And some people are just amazing at it. Totally. Chris Farley was very good at it. R.I.P. But, um, all right. So uh, an exceptional police constable, Nicholas Angel, is the model archetype for the London Metropolitan Police. In fact, he is so good that he is making the other officers look bad. So the chief inspector sends Angel to Stanford, a small village, to work there away from the city. Angel picks up where he left off with his police work and starts proactively trying to make a difference. Angel is greeted by the Neighborhood Watch Alliance, a group of observant residents of the town. Angel meets his new partner, Danny, and Inspector Butterman, Danny's father. Danny, who is obsessed with action films, begs Angel to tell him stories of his police work in action. When various citizens start getting murdered, though, Angel begins to question what is going on in the town. 
After a flower shop owner tells Angel about a land proposal, Angel pieces the information together and accuses Simon Skinner, the grocery store owner, as the murderer. When Angel is disproven on his assertion, he is forced to recoil and fall in line as a regular policeman officer. (laughs) On a routine patrol, all the pieces come together for Angel as he tracks down the NWA during a cult-like stance. The group admits to murdering the victims as a group with the purpose of cleansing the town during crucial Safest Small Town Awards. When Angel tries to arrest them, Inspector Butterman comes out of the shadows and tells Angel that this is all for the greater good. The group attacks Angel, but Danny helps him escape. Angel refuses to give up, so he raids a gun stash and has a shootout in the town square. Danny and the rest of the officers join Angel in taking down the townsfolk. Angel battles Skinner in a fist fight and ends up defeating him. With the town now cleansed, Angel seems to fit in nicely with his once reluctant new assignment. Sometimes the smallest town can have the biggest action. That was written by me. So, all right. Well, let's just jump right into it. Um, when did you first see Hot Fuzz, Justin? Um, opening weekend in 2007. That was a long time ago. It was. That was like almost 13 years ago. It was probably on that Sunday for show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you know much about Edgar Wright other than you probably saw Shaun of the Dead, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, that's the only other thing I had seen. I didn't, so were you... I didn't watch the um, that space show that they had space show yeah it was some tv show uh, that they did before all of this stuff oh i didn't know that yeah um did you uh were you were you pretty excited to see this i guess yeah <laughs> it was called spaced i think is what it was called spaced huh never heard of it crazy um what were your thoughts when you first saw it in theaters um i just loved it i thought it was hilarious really yeah, interesting. And then, did anything change for you this most recent viewing? No, I mean, I, I watched this movie a couple times a year, so it was it wasn't like a stretch for me to want to watch it. I think it's highly quotable and enjoyable. Ooh, I like it. Uh, I first saw this movie when it was probably like two thousand eight or two thousand nine, and I didn't really get it. <laughs> when I first saw it, I thought it was funny. I just wasn't, I didn't think it was as funny as it was now. And subsequent viewings after that, because I've probably seen this maybe now 10 times. I really, I, I thought it was more hilarious after the fact and that I got the jokes a little bit better. So, yeah, I'm sure it's an age thing. Um, you know, I'm <clears throat> fairly close in age to these guys. So, and some of their favorite movies that they're referencing are ones that I grew up with. So, I think that might have something to do with it. Yeah, but I mean, I grew up with Bad Boys too, and I grew up with Point Break, watching it and stuff. But it's, I, I think, uh, and we'll get we'll get into it a little bit later. But for British comedy, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not huge on. I, I can never fully comprehend it sometimes, and and that's what's that's what's weird about it. So maybe we can just get it, maybe, maybe <laughs> so we can get into it. That's what's weird about British comedies. I don't get it. Well, so. Maybe we can say that now. Like, what's the thing about British comedy and why doesn't it appeal to everybody? So for like for me, I don't like Monty Python. Um, I don't think it's funny. I never thought it was funny. Um, I don't want to force myself to laugh. But that's just kind of kind of how I felt. This is probably one of the only British comedies that I actually thoroughly enjoy. And I get the jokes and I think that they're spot on. Uh and from a filmmaking aspect, Edgar Wright's just amazing at these. 
But why do you think that, and I'm asking you, why do you think it doesn't appeal to everybody, the whole British comedy thing? I don't know. Maybe because just the timing's different and that just it feels different. Um, the beats are different. And so it's not something that you're used to. It's it's it's, it's foreign, I guess, would probably be a good word for it. Um, not everyone can even understand what people are saying a lot of the times. And it's hard to get a joke if you don't even know the words that are being spoken to you. <laughs> um, I think that's fair. Um, I don't know. I, I think that it just, it just helps to have an ear for that sort of thing. And then it's not something that you have immediately. I mean, some people might, I suppose, but I think it's just one of those things that you have to either digest over time or, um, just sort of be brought up on it so that you get it when you hear it. Right. Do you, and it's, and it's silly too. It's, there's very, it's, it's a different kind of humor. A lot of times it's, it, it there's, there's always different types of humor or whatever, you know, like there's some that's subtle, subtle and some that's just flat out in your face. But I think this one is a, is a pretty good mix of the action is in your face, but the, the humor is a lot more subtle. <laughs> oh, totally. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Um, like, like every time Olivia Coleman was on screen and, and all of her lines were all these sexual innuendos, I was I was dying because she she doesn't have many lines in the film, but they were so freaking funny. Yeah, and she's great. She's 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 a knockout. I like her a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, that that kind of that kind of comedy is is awesome. I was I'm, I'm very happy with it. But are do you, are you a fan of Monty Python? Uh, I mean, not all of them. I like some, but mm-hmm. uh, there are some Monty Python movies that I just don't enjoy at all. Um, like Me and the Life, I think is awful. But <laughs> I mean, I can laugh at um, Holy Grail. I think that's funny. <laughs> I, I really I appreciate what Monty Python did um, for comedy and, and how meta it is. I think that's really cool. But mm-hmm. it's so funny because... It's like when, so like, I don't like garlic and I know everyone is like, <gasps> you know, gasp uh, when I say that, but I feel like that's the same thing when I tell certain people, I don't like Monty Python. They're like, oh, you're animal. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't think it's funny. So, you know, to each, to each their own. Right. Sure, sure. But, and then if, I think, if, if, I it, if I, or in Justin terms, idiot. Uh. <laughs> uh, so I, it, it's, you're right though. I think it's, it's about timing and. Um, I think age probably comes in, it comes into play, obviously, with it. Um, And this movie does such a great job. You're right. of Blending all of that stuff together. And uh, I think, you know, everything done technically from this film, like to the, you know, the edits to the dialogue and stuff is just is so well thought out and so well done. And it's it really makes me appreciate Edgar Wright a lot and Simon Pegg a ton, too, like in Nick Frost. But yeah. Those Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg are just fantastic writers. So I, I truly enjoyed that about this. Yeah. Um, so there, I wrote down the parts that I literally ha ha at. at. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I did too. I was like, ha uh-huh. oh, no, I got it. I appreciate that. Um, so when Farmer Webley needs the two translators. Oh, it's um, so funny. <laughs> it's a lot of junk. <laughs> <laughs> they wax it oh my god this shit's so funny when you so when you were uh, t- talking about the british comedy thing just a second ago and you were like you know sometimes you can't understand what they're saying i just immediately thought of that and i was laughing so fucking hard <laughs> right because i think that's playing fun at us like we don't even know what they're saying and so i think that works pretty good 
Well, because I, I and I love the the very simple one when he just goes, oh, and then the other guy's like, of course, and he goes, yes, of course, <laughs> like like it's this distinguished way, but it's, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I, when when Angel is in the bar and there's all the kids in it, and he like looks over and it's slow mo and sees them all laughing, and the kid with the braces is like laughing, and then all of a sudden there's a blinding light on Angel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and. That's funny. Uh, when he goes up to each kid and that braces kid, he's like, when's your birthday? And he just goes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, get out, get out. I laugh so hard every time I see that part. And I don't know why. Um, again, every sexual joke that Olivia Coleman says is, is hilarious. Um, when angel drop kicks the old woman, uh, over the, the wall with a shotgun, that was, I was dying on that scene too. <laughs> Um, the fence scene, obviously Nick Frost is just so, such a, a little kid in that. And it's so funny. And then he's, he, he's fuck ugly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why does he have that down? Because he's fuck ugly. <laughs> you know, when he calls the swan and he's like, Oh, like, <laughs> I do that all the time. I, I think ever since the weekend of April 22nd, 2007, I've been screaming that out every chance I got. <laughs> I noticed that because uh, you always say the greater good, and I yeah. always for, I forget that it's from this. And uh, so when, when they were saying it, I was like, "Oh, motherfucker!" <laughs> so, uh, it was, but it's good. This this moment is filled with a lot of those memorable things, and th- there's a reason why there's so many memes on on Reddit from it, uh, just because there's so many amazing moments in this film that sure. are hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. And I really liked all the double entendres that the townspeople gave. So, you know, like when he's like, lock me up, I'm a slasher and all that kind of shit was funny. And then when the the um, innkeeper lady is Janice, I think is her name. She's, you know, doing the crossword puzzle and <laughs> fascist. <laughs> he's like, Hag. Yeah, I beg your pardon. Yeah. So Edgar Wright has a very interesting way how he edits films. It's It's his trademark. You can, you know, put two or three movies side by side. And it's like, Hey, pick the one that's Edgar Wright. And through editing, you could probably point out which one he has a very unique style. Are, are you a fan of that type of editing? Sure. I think it's fun. I think it keeps me engaged as a viewer. How does, if any, how does it enhance the film then? How does it enhance it? Mm-hmm. Like with all of his quick cuts, multiple cuts, um, he uses a lot of the same shot from a different angle, but he'll like, put three of that exact same shot back to back to back, but it's just so quick that it kind of flows. Well, what, what, how do you think it enhances the film? Well, I mean, that's why I said it keeps me engaged that that's to me. That's how it enhances it is. It it keeps me, the viewer engaged in what's happening. I I never find really like a slow or dull moment because I'm not really given the option. Mm. And you don't have an issue ever following the action. Like it doesn't make you, sick or dizzy or disoriented or anything no (laughs) sometimes sometimes a lot of cuts can kind of get me you know like i can't pay attention kind of like jason Bourne and all the the Bourne movies right right well the second one had a lot of handheld yes um so handheld can be obnoxious i mean i can get i understand like sometimes there's a need for it like um like if I'm if I'm storming the beach and like saving Private Ryan or something like that, sure, that like makes sense. But if it's just some dude on a fucking ten speed waiting to get his ass kicked by a by a book or something, my my Jason Bourne, <laughs> I don't I don't need no 
I don't need no fucking handheld. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so in, for the sake of Edgar Wright, I, I don't ever feel like motion sickness of any kind. I'm oh, always okay. usually pretty good. <laughs> Says the guy who likes Welch's grape juice a lot. <laughs> right. The, honestly, the, the only time that I've ever really been motion sickness is fucking the opening credits of Superman. Yeah, I could be on a boat or a ship or whatever. I'm fine. And then as soon as I watch Superman, I'm like, bah. that's so weird. That is weird. That's gross. I'm like, uh, it's like the Manchurian candidate. And that's like my triggers. <laughs> Federal. <laughs> Federal. <laughs> like, oh, God, here it comes. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that um, certain movies and certain filmmakers cannot do it. Uh, you know, you have to kind of master that art. And Edgar Wright is really good about it because he he focuses on certain objects and makes it makes it very apparent in, in that speed that that's going to be um, instrumental. Like when he focuses on the swan, I mean, focusing on a swan is, you know, we're reminded throughout this entire film why this one is there. It's, it's this funny running gag, but it really helps um, when uh, Butterman is escaping. He like almost hits a swan, you know, has to avoid it. And he's on there for a split second, but Edgar Wright is very, very good at uh, pointing to these objects and um, kind of like how Wes Anderson does. He'll zoom in on certain things, you know? Right. Um, they, they all, have, they have their own little unique style for sure. Yeah. And I, I feel like it helps. Like by them doing that, it's showing that they absolutely had to have this in the film or they were going to die. So like they want our attention on this. So I have to watch it. You know, my mind, my eyes are never wandering because they're constantly telling me what to watch. Whereas like if you go to, let's say, go see a play or a musical or something, you can watch whatever you want that's happening on that stage. But when it comes to a movie, a lot of times your eyes want, you know, you try to wander, but if the director is doing their job and keeping you focused on what is important, then that helps drive the narrative. And, um, and the set that they're, they're filming on, you know, it's a small town, so there's not much going on. You're, you're with these two officers pretty much throughout the film and you're seeing what they're seeing and and paying attention to that. So he's not like handholding anybody. He's just kind of helping you, helping you Mm -hmm. view it a little bit better. And, and And he's making it fun. I mean, if it's a comedy, a lot of times, uh, you know, 90 minutes is about my threshold for a comedy and Edgar Wright comedies can be longer. Um, Judd Apatow comedies can be pretty long and it's, it's hard. It's like, dude, this movie could have been over a half hour ago. And by keeping me engaged with what he's doing, I don't really have time to get terribly bored. Right. Have you, would you consider yourself an Edgar Wright fan? Uh, I'm not, yeah, I'd say so. Have have you seen the majority of his of his films? I mean, I'm gonna look right now to make. I've seen most of the stuff in the last twenty years. I mean, I, I can't go back to like the '80s or early '90s or whatever the hell he started. Like uh, anything that he did before Shaun of the Dead, I have not seen, which includes Spaced. Okay, so here I'll just I'll say them, I and you can just tell me, and then just a quick what you thought. Shaun of the Dead. Love it, obviously. Um, Hot Fuzz, obviously. Uh, Scott Pilgrim. I liked it when I first saw it, but when I watched it again, I, I think it's Michael Sarah that bothers me more than the movie. Interesting. Shit. Okay, He's just a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, he. Is, I know he is a weirdo. Uh, the World's End. Uh, that is my least favorite Edgar Wright movie. Did you? 
enjoy it or was it were you like i just don't really care to see I, this again by the time there was only like one or two of them still like alive i was ready for the movie to be over i've only seen it one time and i don't ever really need to care to watch it again cool uh baby driver yeah i like baby driver cool except now um Kevin Spacey is kind of a creep, so I can't really. <laughs> it's hard for me to enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one's gonna be. It didn't. That one didn't age well. So <laughs> yeah, I saw it before the news broke, so yeah. I enjoyed it for what it was. But it's pretty fun. I wasn't. There's um, there's a few surprises in that movie that kind of caught me off guard, and I was like, oh shit. That happened. <laughs> I was not expecting. Well, spoiler. I was not expecting the John Hamm aspect. Um, I thought it was excellent, but I really like Baby Driver a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very, very fun. I loved the soundtrack. I loved the stunts that they did. Uh, I thought it was so, so cool. He's always running too. He's such a good runner. I thought he was a baby driver. Yeah, but when he he was also a good runner because when he, he had to like evade, <laughs> evade the police and everything, he just he was like parkour. Yeah. So backflip keener <laughs> refrigerator. and talk about talk about um, launching a career. I mean, this is not so much Nick Frost, but Simon Pegg really blew up after this. I mean, this was, you know, his start and he I'm sure he did some smaller acting gigs, but he really kind of went off and did his own thing. And now he's, you know, I think he's, he actually directs, too, but he, he's a he's a pretty gigantic star. So especially in the nerd culture, he's very sure. spot on for that. Yeah. But um. And and I like ha- how when you see British movies and TV and stuff, you see reoccurring actors. Uh, so there's a lot of Harry Potter actors in this. Um, yeah, Slughorn. Uh, by the way, uh, Simon Pegg has one director credit, and it was a uh, documentary short from Ooh. 2004. Ooh, that was before this. Uh, so... But yeah, I mean, obviously it launched his career. So I think that that's that's a positive. Uh, But it's funny going back and um, like Black Mirror obviously has a lot of uh, famous British actors. And so in Hot Fuzz, there's like at least three or four that have been in episodes of Black Mirror, which is which is awesome to see. But yeah, Um, who were who was your favorite? Not Angel and not Danny. Who are who is your favorite character? Uh, Skinner. I, I like Timothy Dalton. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew you were going to say that because I, I know that you really like he's he was pretty funny in this, but I like how sle- like kind of sleazy he was and just yeah. seemed like a snake. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> yeah, he was it was fun. That fight scene was fun at the end, but you're right. The, the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Uh, I like the Andes. They were yeah. so fucking funny and I was just dying every time they were on screen. So they were quite good. Um, so why do you think that this, so this movie came out, what? Yeah, 2007. So it's been um, 13 years. Why do you think this has held up so well after all this time? Um, I mean, it's a good comedy. and Comedy can, if done right, is timeless. If I watch something that's, you know, excluding like, Obviously, racist jokes, you know, or homophobic jokes. I can go back and watch I Love Lucy from 1950 and laugh because it's funny. So if it's timeless, then you you got gold. And in this case, yeah, they reference some pop culture movies, but they're they have a way of spinning it into the movie. So it it, it works. It's funny. And a lot of it's pretty quick witted, um, you know, silly banter. And I dig it. 
Totally. Um, I I can't think of any other self-aware buddy cop satire that like film that was made that I remember or enjoyed better than this. Um, I, so tw- I I think the best example, closest example would be Twenty One Jump Street, where and obviously you know that source material came from the show, but they really kind of took that buddy cop genre and did something different with it. So I enjoyed that, but, but this one is just held up very, very well because it hits all those great points of, you know, the cheesy action films and it mimics the tropes and motifs found in like Michael Bay movies. So like you were saying with the rock, it, it does a lot of the jumping through the air, slow-mo, you know, uh, tracking shots and just ridiculous things. And then the, the set pieces that you have to have one giant explosion. So like the police station and in hot fuzz at the end, when it explodes, like you got to have that big money shot in every one of these action films. Um, but it uses that razor sharp dialogue and editing to create hilarious and intriguing, um, moments that really kind of keep, keep you, you hanging on a bit there. Yeah. Yeah. Yarp. Uh, the, so I read this article about why it's it was uh, it's so relevant now, and uh, w- with everything like Brexit and even here in the in the U.S., you know, make make America great. These um these town folk, they are you know make Stanford great again. Like they will do anything they possibly can to keep you know the jugglers out of town and um, anything from ruining their, their perfect little haven. So, um, I thought that that was, that was interesting that it had this kind of neopolitical viewpoint to it. I mean, you can draw meaning from, from any film, right? Sometimes that's not what the author or the creator is, is trying to say, but, um, I, I really like the, the, uh, the discourse that can, that can come from stuff like this. So it's, uh, it's funny that somebody had, you know, was able to write a news article that linked it to, to politics, but um, to each their own, man. So I thought I thought that that was pretty cool. Some of the tropes that I saw, uh, yeah, jumping through the air, shooting, huge police explosion, slow mo pan around the officers, and all the catchphrases. I thought were really really great. This one was tough, man. It was hard to really kind of break down and, and explain why. And I'm trying to think of if someone were to come up to me and be like, "Tell me why Hot Fuzz is great." It's just kind of one of those ones that you just got to watch it and see. I mean, is it wrong to say I think it's funny and I like the action and the gore? Exactly. So, no, you're not wrong at all. It's, but I just know that. Why is it hard to explain then? So it's hard to explain because I feel that whenever I tell somebody, I'm like, oh, yeah, you should check this out. Like, I hope you like this or something. And oh, then you're they, one of those. Well, if they Dude, don't. You got to check out this movie. <laughs> well, no, no, no. If they don't like it, I'm kind of like, am I wrong? And then I go, no, no. It's the children who are wrong. So um, it's You're usually wrong. But I mean, with comedy, it's just one of those things where you either like it or you don't. I mean, all movies are like that. They're all subjective. But um, I mean, the first time you saw it, you didn't really get it. You thought it was okay or whatever. But and that's and that's fine. You got to remember that everybody's in a different place when they're watching these things. And it doesn't always click or gel. And you can't take offense to it. You just got to be like, all right, well, take two steps back and fuck your own face. And I'm never going to recommend another movie again. (laughs) <laughs> problem solved and they go down like a sweet muffin yeah like like <laughs> like like conan i have no way in the world of explaining why i like that movie i just it just it's it's all the check boxes <laughs> check check plus on my little on my little form here on my sushi sheet it marks off everything action yes pretty boy yes oh my god look at all the muscles yes swords <laughs> armor whatever all these heads getting chopped off shit like that um 
that's just that's just me loving that kind of movie. But I mean, if if you were to say Justin that new Conan movie from 2011 is absolute trash, I'd be like probably right, but I don't like it. <laughs> so who really cares? Aha. Aha. Um so I agree with you. It's incredibly subjective and Whenever I love the movie Clue, we actually tried to do that for our, one of our first episodes for the first episode for this. But uh, it is I can't explain to people why I like it. Um, I know, but and it's, and it's clever, but I've but I've recommended it to people and they're like, I don't like it. And I'm like, that's totally fine, man. Go fuck your face. But um, it's uh, yeah, it's just it's it's clever. It's sharp. It's I, I've seen it probably like 100 times. I don't not that many, but a lot. So. I don't know. I think it's it's hard to kind of tell people, you know, what's so funny about this. I'm, I'm I guess I'm more just ask people. I'm like, hey, I, do you like Hot Fuzz or something, or do you like this movie? And they typically say yes. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, and that's one of those things too, where I mean, you could use it as a qualifier as to whether or not you want to be friends with this person. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, have you seen Clue? Yeah. Did you like it? Oh, it sucks. I'm like, oh, okay, great. I'm gonna go over here. When um, I go, so sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, or like when you go out on one of your dates, you could be yeah. like, Hey, <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Clue? And if they say, Oh my god, it's the greatest movie ever, you can you can whip out your grandma's engagement ring and propose right then and there. Uh, yeah, uh, so are you religious? Uh, do you vaccinate your kids? Do you have you seen Clue? Um, what's your yeah. political affiliation? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, just kidding. <laughs> Jesus, sorry, I, I didn't have any funny juice today, so I'm no, I'm pu- I'm pushing hard on this one. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple there's a couple red flags like flat earthers, um, anti vaxxers hunting, mm-hmm. uh, super mega religious. I think those would be pretty. Like if God comes first, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in a, in a really weird way, <laughs> then yeah, that's a, that's a red flag. Like, look at the time. I gotta go. I gotta go watch yeah. Clue. I gotta get to church. <laughs> church on time. <laughs> church on time. Yeah, I mean that's it's to to summarize it essentially. Yeah, I just I think that this is a very funny, fast paced film uh, that you have to pay attention to, especially when they're revealing like the plot and how it kind of ties together because it can get lost. But I, I don't think that that's even necessarily the most important part of it. I think it's just that's uh, that's kind of fo- like fodder for the whole thing. So um, the, the the comedy, the hinging or the sorry, the <laughs> comedic timing of like Simon Pegg and everybody is is what makes the film so funny. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think the plot is is irrelevant to it. Yeah, <laughs> it really is, especially since he's trying really hard to uncover this huge mystery as to why all these people are being killed. And he put pieces together this amazing story about uh, some big corporation coming in and money being involved and people dying. They're like, no, nah, we just don't want these people in our town. <laughs> <Okay. We don't laughs> That's a cute story, but we yeah. don't want no gypsies. We don't want no lousy laughers. We don't want ugly people, whatever. <laughs> like, they're just, they're so shallow. That's so yeah. funny. I love that. I know, and it completely subverts what you would see in a normal, like normal movie, like it's like a dramatic movie or an action movie where this huge plan is uncovered. And yeah, you're right. Like <laughs> he's the super cop, the cop yeah. that won't stop. <laughs> That's great. 
Um, any LOL moments from the film that you can think of? Um, well, the statue falling on Mr. Messenger was just <laughs> insane. I love that. Um, so stupid. And I like it anytime when Nick Frost gets to use ammo that was given to him by um, Mr. Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, like if he if he references something and then when Simon Pegg gets to immediately or when, when Nick Frost gets to immediately use it to tell someone to like fuck off. <laughs> it's kind of great. Yeah. So he can sound smarter than he really is. Um, I like all the point break uh, references. Same. Um, I, I just I think it's hilarious. Uh, the physical comedy is uh, second to none. Um, I just I like it a lot. And then I mean you learn a few things too, like with when he says uh, traffic collision, and he's like, "Why is that?" Because an accident implies no one's at fault. And you're like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." <laughs> learn something today. The more you know. The policeman officer. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you want to be a policeman officer? <laughs> Why'd you want to be a policeman? And he's like, officer. Why'd you want to be a policeman officer? <laughs> yeah. And that's just funny. And it's a million of those little tiny things that make for um, just an outrageously funny movie. <laughs> um, like what we do in the shadows. That was just full of subtle humor. And it's all those little tiny lines that make you laugh and it becomes highly quotable. And then it just, it, it just sort of adds on to your uh, movie going experience. Mm-hmm. I agree. And yeah, with like what we do in the shadows, that's it's again, it's one of those same movies too, that it's hard to tell people, Hey, I, I you might like this. It's really funny um, because it's so subjective. Comedy is so subjective. And I could totally see people not liking what we do in the shadows. I thought it was hilarious, but some people might be like, that was boring. So mm. I'm sorry that they don't like good things, but Sorry, I'm trying to find that one quote uh, that I was dying at that I I just want to get right because I don't want to mess it up. But we were saying it before we started recording when he's in the grocery store and he tells him he hit him with the peace plant. Oh, yeah. You know what it is? Uh, he was like, well, I knocked him off. Or he's like, I, I threw him in the freezer. He's like, oh, did you tell him to cool off? <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, but there was a time earlier or there was a bit earlier when uh, I gave him a monkey, I distracted him with the monkey and I hit him over the head with the, with the, with the piece lily. And I was like, playtime's over. You're off the fucking chain. <laughs> Something like that. You're off the fucking chain. It is funny how this movie is loaded with so much violence. But then when it gets to the the big showdown in the city, um, you know, they're just knocking people out. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not really like murdering people as it were. Maybe that also just goes to show um, that he's he is a good officer who's who's there to you know uh, uphold the law and he, they're they're subverting that action movie trope by him not piling up bodies he's he's instead he's gonna go do the paperwork and arrest them and everything like he normally does instead of you know just taking them out one by one and killing them I think the only person no one really dies right none of the townspeople die yeah except uh, except for the the old guy at the police station. Oh, yeah, he gets the bomb. Yeah. He has a lot of junk. (laughs) (laughs) Just hits it with a shotgun. Man, it's it's just one of those movies that I think that you can really appreciate it over time. And so I hope a lot of people out there like this and they just go, you know what? You guys said all you needed to say. That was good. (laughs) And that's my cue to pass it to you. And uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about for this movie? Uh, No. I was done 10 minutes ago, Zachary. You, you were done 
uh, 45 minutes ago. <laughs> no, just, check out. We said all that we need to say. It's a good movie. I know. I like it a lot. Uh, okay, letter grade. Uh, a solid A. Ooh, you almost said plus. Why was that? What was holding you back from that A plus? I don't know. <laughs> Explain it to me. Uh, yeah, it's too I, long. I, no, totally. Uh, solid eight. You're right. It is. It's two hours, which is interesting. I mean, they, yeah, they probably could, could have cut maybe 15, 20 minutes out of it. So, yeah, solid A for me as well. I enjoy it. How did you watch it? This last time? Yeah. Um, I popped in the movie. Uh, it is on a disc. <laughs> ah, movies on discs now. I watched it on Stars, so it is available on Stars. If anybody wants to know that, so well, that's all I have to say about that. So I guess I'll take us around home. Uh, thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Remember to follow us on the Twitter there at DB Crazy Pod at edgy armo and at zachdale60 where you can share your thoughts with us and we will discuss them on our show ha heck you can even tell us what movie you think we should watch for our next episodes plural just please remember don't be crazy thanks for listening